May the Lord bless you all. To all my beloved brothers and sisters, those who are here for the first time, those who are new as well, because they are coming to church, who are congregating in different places, in the over 60 countries where God has allowed His church to be. A very special greeting to all of you, my beloved brothers and sisters. And in those remote areas that are far, far away, where there is still no church, but I know that through the internet you log on and you watch the sermons, I send you a warm greeting to those beautiful groups in Africa, in Asia, in the islands, in the Mauritius Islands, to the group of brothers and sisters that are there, a warm greeting to all of you. I love you with all of my heart. And here, to the brothers and sisters who are here with me today, the Lord bless you all. You may be seated, and you may find your seats. And as usual, we will be reflecting upon the word of the Lord. Reflecting upon those wondrous teachings that our God allowed to be taught to the apostles, the first apostles, when the Lord Jesus Christ appointed them and sent them to preach his word. And he gave them that order to go around the world. We know that they were not able to go and reach the whole world to preach the gospel, but all of those who came afterward of those apostles had that opportunity and to this day, we know that God allows that many of his children may have the opportunity to travel around the world and to bring the wonderful word of the true gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we feel very joyful because of this wondrous work, this marvelous work, and we feel happy about this great responsibility, great but marvelous. So we give thanks to the Lord for this. And here we continue today with Second Peter, the second epistle of Apostle Peter, which we are going to read today. We are going to reflect and remembering that Apostle Peter was the one who preached to the Jews to those Jews who had converted to Christianity. He was the apostle of the Jews, and the Lord had given him the revelation, the doctrine, the gospel, in order for him to teach them. And it was a difficult job to teach this people, knowing that they, for thousands of years, had their culture, their religion, had the law of Moses. And so it was very difficult to reach the hearts, to reach the mindset of this people. Yet for God, there is nothing impossible. There is nothing difficult. And God allowed for many to believe in the Lord. That history we find in the Acts of the Apostles. When we read and we see how all of those Jews who converted, God used them in a great way. He gave them the spiritual gifts. And there are many marvels told about all of the experiences that they had at that time. We today are not the exception. 
we today also, just as at that time, the Lord gives us His Spirit, His spiritual gifts. He gives us revelations. He gives us the teaching, the doctrine. He guides us. He leads us. And here we read the Bible, but under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, under the guidance that He gives us. Therefore, we do not have fear. Or we are not afraid to think that we are twisting the word of God. The spiritual experiences that we have lived proves to us or confirms to us that we are truly walking in the perfect way, in the correct way. That perfect way, as the Lord says in a psalm, he says that he who walks in a perfect way, he shall serve me. And we want to serve him because we want to walk in that perfect way. Therefore, in Second Peter chapter 1, it says, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Highlighting this wonderful work of the Lord, the greeting that the Apostle gave to the congregation at that time, to the church that he presided over. And here in verse 3 he says, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. When he mentions life, he is referring to eternal life. Who gave eternal life? The Lord Jesus Christ. He was the giver of eternal life. That is why many times he spoke and he taught, he who believes in me will have eternal life. And here the Apostle says that all things that pertain to life and godliness, in other words, doing what is right, doing what is good, walking down the way of righteousness, has been given to us by His divine power. He says that all of these revelations and all of this Word of God the knowledge of eternal life and the knowledge about righteousness, the righteousness of God, were given to us through the Lord Jesus Christ and then through the Holy Spirit who has continued to work in each and every one of those who are faithful and who followed the way of God. And it says in the verse, I continue to read it, through, as His divine power has given to us, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him, in other words, our God, our Lord Jesus Christ, who called us by glory and virtue. So we have here this verse that fills us with pride, knowing that the Lord was always looking after those who set their hearts that were always careful and paid attention to the teachings, to the sermons of our Lord Jesus Christ in the beginning. Then this word continues to be preached by his apostles. 
here we are analyzing Apostle Peter. And we are reading here, but we are also going to highlight currently what we live as well from the Lord in His manifestation. Because the manifestation that He had yesterday, that manifestation we have today as well, and it will be forever. Therefore, in verse number 4, it says, By which He says that of this knowledge, of this power of God, of this way that God reveals His doctrine, He reveals that eternal life exists, that the afterlife exists, that there is another world. And he says, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Our Lord has given us and made us promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. So he says that with these promises that our God has made us to a people, to a group of people, that with this we have become partakers of that divine nature. No wonder the Lord Jesus Christ would tell and he would say to people that they needed to be born again. When a person asked him, Lord, what must I do in order to acquire eternal life? And the Lord said, you must be born again. And he said, it's impossible for me to go back into my mother's womb and to be born again. And the Lord was not speaking of a physical birth, but a spiritual one, that he would have a divine nature, a spiritual one, in believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as the only way that leads to eternal life as the child of God. He is the only one who gives this salvation. So, he says that in his mercy and his power, to all of those who have believed in him, to all of us who are believing in his word, he says that he makes us partakers of the divine nature, of that rebirth, to be born again and to be men and women that are spiritual with a divine nature because that is the promise that the Lord makes to his believers glorious is the name of the Lord having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust he is highlighting and saying that the man and woman who have made the decision to follow the way of the Lord he says they escaped from the world they are set aside from that corrupt world where there is only corruption, there is evil. But the Lord, to all of us who have believed, well, the Lord has taken us from those places and has us in His presence and is looking after us. He is keeping us. He is protecting us. He listens to our prayers. He gives us joy. He gives us peace, happiness. And when we need something, when there is a difficulty, because since our enemy, the devil, exists, he is always trying to harm us, trying to make us suffer, giving us tribulations, difficult moments. 
Therefore, our God is attentive to us when anything happens to us of any of the things mentioned prior. The Lord is attentive because He listens to our prayers and He helps us. He saves us. He keeps us and He protects us from this enemy. And He protects us from any circumstances that are dangerous or wicked that there may be against us. This is the beauty and this is the reason for which we feel proud and we must feel it that we are walking on God's path that God is keeping us and he is blessing us he speaks to us he makes us promises and he has fulfilled them and we if we did a review from antiquity when God made promises to Abraham, when he made promises to Jacob, to Isaac, and we see how today those promises are being fulfilled. For example, when God told Abraham, he said, you will be a father of many nations. You will be great. He said, I will make your name great, and you will be a father of many nations. And after that promise, he raised a people through the hand of Moses. He raised a people called the people of Israel and it was a people that God had raised to be a unique and exclusive people, a people that would be holy, chosen by God and that they would only worship God's name in the midst of that people. And God casted aside the other nations. God, having given the promise to Abraham that he would be the father of many nations, Moses, at that time, he never thought in saying, God, but you told Abraham that he would be the father of many nations, and here you are raising one nation. No. No one understood. No one was able to understand those promises, but those promises were for today, for the latter days of that time. And the latter days was the era of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when the Lord Jesus Christ appeared on the earth, preaching his word, his message, he taught and spoke about Abraham. And he spoke to the apostles and he gave them orders. And he says, go and preach around the world. Go to all the nations and preach, and all will receive the blessing. The Lord did not tell the apostles. There is the promise fulfilled, that promise that God gave Abraham, that he would be the father of many nations, the father of faith, because Abraham believed God. And God said that he was the father of faith and that he was God's friend. So those promises have been coming from that time. And today, those promises continue because the Holy Spirit has made us many promises. And this church that began over 50 years ago, about 53 years ago, was because of a calling, because of a promise made by God. God using people that were prophetesses in a Christian church. And God used them and made wonderful promises. And he said that he would be raising a great church. He would be forming a great people. Not only at that time, we 
were in Bogota when we lived this marvelous experience of this promise. And he said, I'm going to raise this great church in Colombia, but also around the world, in all the countries. I will manifest myself and the church will be there. That promise the Lord made over 50 years ago, today he is fulfilling it. Because, thanks be to the Lord, in over 60 countries, the congregation is found. The church is there. And the beautiful thing is that the Lord said, and there will be no divisions. Because I saw a great phenomena in Christian churches in different denominations. I saw a phenomena. And the phenomena is when there was nonconformity in the congregation and when one was not happy or dissident with the pastor or the preacher, then they would form a group, they divide, they get angry, and they leave. And they say, I no longer want to be in this congregation with this pastor so-and-so, but we are going to leave and we're going to create a different church. And we have the Bible, we can create a separate church, and they go, create a church, give it a name, perhaps get legal authorization, whatever it may be, and they give it a name, and that is the church, and that is called a division. They divided. Then another group did the same thing, and then from that church, they created five different churches, five different denominations, let's call it that, with different names. And that is called divisions. I remember that I would see this phenomenon. I was new. I had just got to know the Bible. I've never read the Bible. And when I began to read the Bible, I began to know and fall in love with God. And I saw all of these phenomenon in these churches where I had the opportunity to attend. And I saw that this was something that shouldn't be. I said, if this is of God, why must people have these discrepancies, divisions, fights, arguments, contentions, and form these divisions. And this is something that I kept in my heart. The day that the Lord made His promise, the day that the Holy Spirit began to speak and promise and say that from this small congregation, because I remember at that time we were only four people that would pray to the Lord every night. And the Lord said that He would form a great church in all of Colombia and all around the world. For me, that was something very difficult. I did not doubt because I knew that it was God's power. But I said, I don't know how these things would be. And the Lord, knowing that I had that concern of divisions, He said, and do not worry because in my church there will be no divisions. Glory be to our Lord. And I tell you, brothers and sisters, people who are listening to me, that over 50 years ago, we have been, and there are no divisions. There have been groups that have tried to rebel, but that is because they have spirits. They are possessed by evil spirits that disturb them and do not allow for them to think with clarity or sanely and they become stubborn and rebellious and they disturb their mindset and they disturb others mindsets and they have tried to dissolve and to leave and they leave and they have tried saying let us go to a different place and let us congregate there and let us gather together and create a church there have been those intentions but they only last for a few months 
just a few months and everything is dissolved. Everything ends up failing for them. So I see God's promise fulfilled because it is God who is guiding us. It is that true God. We are not working with human beings, but with God himself, the powerful God who created the heavens and earth. So I have not seen that phenomena in our church. I have not seen it. And I know that there are many brothers and sisters who have been with me for many years in the church, and they see that that is true. There are no divisions. The Lord punishes, and they come back to the church to ask for forgiveness. But the Lord does not allow it. Therefore, if someone says, because there were a group of people that say, I have the gifts, I have the spiritual gift of prophecy, you have the spiritual gift of laying on of hands, and I have the spiritual gift of discernment, then we can form our own church independently. And they leave to try to create the church with the gifts that they supposedly have. But you know what happens or what has happened is that the Lord takes away their spiritual gifts immediately. The Holy Spirit turns away from these people and leaves them alone and the enemy comes and deceives them he deceives them that is what happens that because God is not a God that divides he unites he does not divide so our God speaks and we must believe and we must fear and respect God and the things of God and value our God and to do God's will because the Lord wants to have everyone in their place. The Lord always has people in their place. And in these places, in these churches, in over 60 countries, we have people abroad. We have Africans, Asians. We have people in the Philippines, Japanese people, all believers in the church. Languages have not become an obstacle, but it is the presence of the Holy Spirit within them that unites them with us as well. And so just as a chorus says, we are one in the Lord. Thanks be to the Lord. These are the promises that God makes. This is what he has promised from the very beginning, and he continues to promise and continues to fulfill it. How are we not going to value God? How are we not going to respect? How are we not going to love him? And to try to please him and do his will, brothers and sisters, if he is a God that has shown us time and time again that he exists and that he does manifest himself to humans and that he is guiding us, leading us, and he is teaching us the way that we must follow. Glorious is our Lord. Blessed is the name of the Lord. That is why I admire and I read the epistles of the apostles and I see that the apostles aren't the ones speaking because they want to speak, but it's the Holy Spirit speaking through their mouths. That is why all of these words written are living words of God, not words of human beings. And it isn't how the world says that the Bible is an obsolete book, that it is old-fashioned. That is a lie. The Holy Spirit is there to bring to life word for word, sentence by sentence. All that is written is brought to life. And He brings them to life in our lives, in reality. We live everything that is written here. 
although this has been written many years ago. And the Holy Spirit is there waiting to teach us. Thanks be to our Lord. Let us continue here in this verse. He says here in verse 5, But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, what very reason? The very reason of having that God of power, the God that makes promises, that marvelous God that manifests himself. He says, add to your faith virtue. Add to that faith that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Add to it virtue, equality. And to virtue, add knowledge. Because virtues come and the knowledge of the true way of God, the knowledge of the doctrine, the true doctrine, knowledge that we acquire as we read, as the spiritual gifts begin to manifest themselves in our lives, as the Lord begins to guide through prophecy, through visions, through dreams, revelations, then we begin to acquire that knowledge about our God. And here, when the person, he says, when this person has acquired that knowledge to knowledge, you add self-control. They have the certainty in God, the conviction in the Lord. No one will be able to steal their faith, their knowledge, their conviction, what they believe about the Lord. No one can take it away because this person has had self-control about that knowledge because of every experience that they have lived with our God. Experiences that the Holy Spirit has given to each person, to the whole church, through the spiritual gifts. And here he says, after self-control, it says, to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. In other words, to be righteous before the Lord, doing what is right. All of these qualities, all of these virtues, all of this brings the person to receive because they have set their heart for God, they have deposited their faith in that living God of power, in that true God. And this person is then filled with a knowledge. They have maturity, spiritual maturity. In verse 7, it says, to godliness that they have acquired, then there comes a brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness, love. So you know what love is. Love is not as people believe it is, which is to hug and give kisses or to give warmth and say, I love you or you love me. Love is in essence that God places in men and women so that this person may be careful of their life and to not do anything wrong, that they may not commit anything crazy or harm others, to not make mistakes, to not commit sin, to not 
be wicked against someone or deceive people or lie to them or to keep grudges or avenge to not go and commit adultery fornication this person no longer does this because they have love because God has given them love because that love is a perfect bond of this believer that has trusted in God and has deposited their entire life and their heart and all of their purpose for God to live for Him. And so God gives them all of these qualities. And lastly is love. So the person now no longer has an appetite for sin. They are no longer going to sin because they have love. That is that perfect bond, the maximum that a person can receive in terms of values or virtues, however you would like to call all of these essence, all of this essence, all of these things, supernatural, spiritual things that we cannot touch because they are not material. We can feel them, live them. That is what this is. And so God does this in this believer man or a woman, and we desire to reach that bond of love. We want to reach that so that God one day may say, this man has love or this woman has love because they no longer sin. They no longer commit sin. Even if they are living in the world, even though they are mixed in and they have to mix in with humanity and society and community and the people and hear and see many different things, yet they do not contaminate themselves by doing anything wrong. They do not act upon anything bad because they are living that stage of love for God. They are living to make others happy because the person who has love is happy with themselves, but also make others happy because they do not hurt anyone. These are the true qualities, virtues that God gives to his believers, to his followers, to those who are set to do God's will and to please the Lord. And in verse 8, it says, For if these things are yours and abound, all of these things, if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says that the person will not live in idleness because they are filled with virtues and qualities because God has given them to them and he has sought them and he has earned this before the Lord. In verse 9, for he who lacks these things, these virtues, qualities, these values, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. So, he says that when he converted, when he made the decision to follow the way of the Lord, he stopped sinning for some time, but he did not continue. He was not steadfast in continuing, but he turned back to once again do what he would always do. So, he says that they are blind and they had forgotten the way from which he had begun. In verse 10, Therefore, brethren, 
be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. He advises us to be steadfast because we chose the way of God. Let us be steadfast in it. He says, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. But the person will always be raised and God will prosper them and will place them on high. That is the promise. Verse 11, For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Thanks be to the Lord for this promise. What beautiful promises that he makes us. And even though Apostle Peter was preaching to his church at that time, we also receive this teaching because today the Holy Spirit is with us as well. And he is the one who is guiding us and he is the one who is teaching us and he takes what is secret in our heart and he manifests these things for us to change, for us to change to a better life thanks to the king. In verse 12 he says, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. He lived repeating time and time again the same things so that no one would forget the path that they must walk on so they may not turn back. And we do the same today. And the Holy Spirit always reminds us the same things. He always repeats them so that we may not forget. Verse 13, Yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me here. Peter was already speaking, saying that he was going to die very soon. God had already revealed that he would die soon, and he was taking his last days in order to teach, to remind, that they may not forget what they already knew or what had already been taught to them. And in verse 14, verse 15, Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things, after my decease. A reminder of all of these virtues, qualities, values that God gives, that you may have that love, that you may have this perfect bond, which is love to live in that holiness, that you may never forget to walk in the righteous path straight towards eternal life, and that you may never turn back, but win eternal life, that you may make an effort. That was Peter's desire and wish, a wish that we receive today as well, because today we also have the Holy Spirit. He is always speaking to us, correcting us. He reminds us things. He always tells us, why do you have in your heart that bitterness? Why do you have resentment? Why do you have fear or doubts? Why do you think this way of people? Why do you make yourself unhappy, knowing you could be happy? Take away all of those thoughts. That is how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. He delivers us and we say, yes, it is true. 
I am living these things. I am going to change. I'm going to obey the Lord. And when the Lord gives us orders, with His power, He takes away those weaknesses and He takes away all of those burdens. And we remain free every time that He speaks to us in any way. Because if the Lord speaks to us through dreams or whether it be in revelation or prophecy, the Lord speaks to us and we are delivered. And we feel detached our mindset. We feel free and we feel happy. That is what God does continuously with us. He does this all the time. It isn't that we say that the Lord works every other week or every three days or every year. He's always working. That is why at all times we must pray, cry out to the Lord, ask the Lord to help us. At all times, we must seek the Lord with our hearts. In verse 16, he says, For we did not follow cunningly, devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So the apostle is telling them that everything that they had preached or was preaching to people, that he was making known the path of eternal life, the power of God, the coming of the Lord, they were not using fables, they were not using any philosophy, any nonsense, any human rhetoric, but they were giving the teaching with the truth and with the testimony that they had lived, they had been there, they had experienced having the presence of the Lord in their lives with them and that the Lord himself was the one teaching them all of these things. And that is why they made it known. And they make it known to us as well. So, this is how it is. Because it is not with philosophy or nonsense spoken by man. But with the power of God and the word that the Lord uses with each person, with their language, God is there manifesting himself and using the person in order to what? In order to save and to make many people happy. And in verse 17, he says, For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him, from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Therefore, Apostle Peter is reminding the believers or the congregation and saying, we are not speaking with human philosophy. We are speaking the truth of the experiences that we have lived with the Lord. And the Apostle says, And I remember when the Holy Spirit spoke and told the Lord Jesus Christ when he was going to be water baptized. And in more than one occasion, it happened that the skies opened and they heard a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And he says, that they all heard that voice that came from heaven where the Father confirmed that the Lord Jesus Christ was the chosen one to preach eternal life.
that the Lord Jesus Christ was the chosen one so that he may give salvation to all of those who believed in him. And he, the apostle says here, he reminds them these experiences that they lived when the Lord Jesus Christ was in flesh on earth, his gospel. And that is why he says, and we heard this voice, the apostle says, we heard this voice, which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Blessed is the name of the Lord. He is testifying that it wasn't a lie what he was preaching. The Lord Jesus Christ was the messenger of God. He is the messenger of God. He is the one that God promised from antiquity through the mouths of all of his prophets. And that is why I invite people, I invite them always to read the Bible. Read the Bible, but do not read it in a way that is historical, nor read it as a story or a narration. Do not read it in this way, nor taking it literally or in a poetic sense. Do not read it this way. Read it in a spiritual way. When you read the Bible, read and focus. Set your heart to God and say, what am I going to find about God here? I am going to read here and see what I find about God. What did God say to people? What does God do with people? How did these things happen? You begin to read and, and say to yourself, what can I find here to change myself and to please the Lord. I must find something, a response, where I can also have a behavior that will help me in order to get closer to God and to please Him. That is how you must read the Bible. With that wish and desire to find, to discover a treasure that is hidden here in the Bible, and that treasure is our God, and eternal life. And when you discover this treasure, you will find it and you will not want to give it to anyone, nor will you want to cast it aside because you will fall in love with that treasure. Because you will continue to read until you find the response that you need, until you find yourself in the scripture and you will say, this belongs to me. I must fulfill these things. I must do it this way because this is my life. This is me. It's me. I'm here in these verses. I must change. I must set myself for God. I must do things the right way so that what happened to the, this person here may not happen to me out of disobedience. So I do not want to be disobedient. And I want to continue to read until I continue to discover things to change because I want to please God. That is how we must read the Bible. In this way, we ought to read the Bible. 
But let us not worry about the historical part. If it was in this year, and this contradicts this, and one verse says that it was in this year, and the king was in this year, and this king did not have this age at this year, these are just things that aren't really relevant or important because we also need to remember that there are translations among different languages. But the word. What comes from the Spirit of God? When God spoke to all of these people and gave them orders, made them promises, blessed some, punished others. When it is God Himself manifesting, there there is no error or mistake in translations. Maybe there were mistranslations among years, saying that it was five or six years. But with the Spirit of God, there is no mistake. Translators needed. To translate, just as the word was written, because they weren't able to interpret, and since there was no ability of translating, they had to write it as the prophet said it. So that is why we today are very proud, and we are not confused at any point, because God is always. Clarifying everything, and if there is something that we find difficult to understand, the Holy Spirit teaches us. He clarifies these truths, and He tells us that things were this way or that way. This is how it happened. But today, they can be done differently. All of this, the Spirit of the Lord today is teaching us. Glory be to our God. That is what people ignore. People ignore this. People say, "Oh, the Bible. Well, it's just a decor at the library." No, it's a treasure. You want to look for that treasure? Look for it spiritually. Focus. Set yourself for God, and you will see that you will find this marvelous treasure—a treasure that the Apostle Peter here is teaching his people and. We also learn as well, and here I will read verse eighteen again. When Apostle Peter says, "And we heard this voice, when God said, 'This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased,' and He says, 'When we were with Him on the holy mountain,' and so we have the prophetic word in verse nineteen. We have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed." As a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, glory be to God. How beautiful is this verse that says? He says that we also have the prophetic word, the prophets that spoke in antiquity. That is the word of God, and he says that it is confirmed because they spoke about the Lord Jesus Christ, and to this day we see all of those words fulfilled that they prophesied at that time. And here. He says that our spiritual life begins to grow, to progress, compared to the day that the day dawns, and until that light is shining, and that is our spiritual life. In verse twenty, he says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. That is what the apostle says. For prophecy never came by the will of man. Prophecy 
is interpreted by the Holy Spirit. Peter here was saying that the Holy Spirit was the one who taught me what the doctrine, what the Bible means, the prophecies of the prophets that spoke in antiquity. The Holy Spirit is the one who has taught me doctrine. And here he confirms it. He says that no prophecy came by the will of man. It is the Holy Spirit that gives that confirmation to his followers. Therefore, I know that you desire, you wish to be followers of the Lord and for the Lord to reveal to you and teach every one of you his word, his mysteries, and you will find that treasure. We must continue to seek this treasure. And here in verse 21, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God, the prophets, spoke as they were moved by whom? By the Holy Spirit. Let us all read verse 21. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Glory to our God. Thanks be to our God, and how happy and how proud do we feel of having known this word, having known this book called the Bible, having known this path in which the Holy Spirit is guiding us, is leading us. God lives and God speaks today. He is not a myth. God is real. I invite you all to read the Bible, to look for this path, to praise the Father, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Press on, trust in the Lord. The way is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way, he is life. And by him, we will be saved. By him, we will have eternal life. May my God bless you all. May the Lord and the Holy Spirit be with you and guide you and lead you and may take you by the hand to eternal life and that one day we may all meet each other there worshiping God and glorifying the Lord because he deserves it. Let us pray. Holy Father, Heavenly Father, in the glorious name of your Son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, in these moments, my Lord, we praise you. We bless you. We give you the honor and the glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy, for your word, for your forgiveness. Thank you for your patience. We address you with our simple words, but with our hearts magnified for you, set for you to honor you, to glorify you to give you thanks for all of the benefits that we receive from your hand. Thank you, Lord, for having us known this way. Thank you because we have this privilege that you have called us. You have us here before you. And you have made us beautiful promises that if we follow you, 
that if we walk in this path of perfection, we will obtain one day eternal life and we will live in a happy world, in a new land, in a new heaven. Those are the promises. Those are your promises, my Lord. And we want, O oh Lord, to reach those places. We want to enjoy with you. But now we are enjoying your presence. We are enjoying the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you because we, although we are earthly, we are happy when the Holy Spirit manifests himself in our lives. We feel such great joy. How will it be in eternity with you? That happiness we cannot measure or fathom from here. Thank you, eternal God. And in the midst of your love and your mercy, O oh Lord, I ask you in this moment, for those who are ill, men, women, children, the elderly, that are sick, that have different illnesses, physical and mental illnesses, and you know it, Lord, and you know how many are suffering from these illnesses, from the pain. And they cry out to you and they ask you, they ask for healing, they ask that it may be you working those miracles and that you may manifest yourself and healing and taking away all illness, all pain and breaking chains, binds, destroy all curses of the enemy, all witchcraft be removed, deliver each person, cleanse, Give happiness to all. Blessed Lord, powerful God. Holy Father, your powerful hand working miracles in all. We give you thanks and we ask that you may bless and deliver all brothers and sisters in all places where they watch this live stream, that you may be blessing them all. Lord, you know everyone's language. Bless them greatly in the name of Jesus Christ. May the glory and the honor be for you forever and ever. Amen. Solamente en Cristo, solamente en Él, la salvación se encuentra en Él. No hay otro nombre dado a los hombres. Solamente en Cristo, solamente en Él. Solamente en Cristo, solamente en Él. La salvación se encuentra en Él. No hay otro nombre dado a los hombres. Solamente en Cristo, solamente en Él. Glory to God. Thanks to the Lord, my beloved brothers and sisters. May the Lord bless you all. A big hug for all of you. And for the children, many kisses. May the Lord bless you. And to the brothers and sisters here, may the Lord bless you. Thank you very much. <laughs>